today we're talking about happiness. Yes. Which is a contentious topic. There are so many different answers because there are so many different definitions and definitions of it. If you go out into the world and say, I'm going to be happy, I'm going to be happy, I'm going to be happy, you're not happy. Happy is a result of something we do, not something that we look for and find. That's annoying. <laughs> that's my that's my enlightened response. Okay, thank you. My, <laughs> I just gave you one of the best minds in our field. <laughs> just called him annoying. Okay, he survived uh, a concentration camp. <laughs> you know, he survived a concentration camp. His whole family was killed. <laughs> Holy shit! Can, and I'm gonna he get, found meaning. I get buried for that one. I think, but I, I stand by it. It's annoying. <laughs> the paradox, not the man. The man the par- is a. <laughs> okay, that's, let, that's good. Thank you for the clarification. Let me specify here before I get a bunch of hate mail. You know, the good thing about not having many listeners is I can't get a lot of hate mail. I say whatever I want, and then, you know, if, if people don't like it, there's not going to be a lot of them, so I don't have to worry too much about it. You're listening to What Brings You In, a weekly series featuring psychology talk with therapists Ryan and Carrie. Have something to say? Want your question answered? Visit ryananswers.com slash podcast to get in touch. So, Franklin, tell me... Victor Franklin. Tell me more about... So, he is the founder of Logotherapy, which he created after he survived right. I'm familiar with Auschwitz, that, the yeah? search for meaning. Yeah, yeah. the man's yeah. search for meaning. So, he has a whole book called The Paradoxics, Paradox of Existence. Am I saying that? Correctly? That sounds like the... I gotta be honest. That sounds like the most pretentious title. <laughs> the Paradox of Existence. Join me. And he talks about how a lot of things in life cannot be actively searched for, that they are a result of something we do. Mm-hmm. So he cites some examples. The one that is clearest, I think, to many people is sleep. So you're lying in bed, you really want to go to sleep, and then you look at your clock, and like, if I fall asleep right now, I'll get five hours. All right, sleep, 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 sleep. You wake right. up. No, I'm not asleep. I really got to go to sleep. And you move, and you're trying, and you look again, and you only have three hours of sleep left, right? So mm. the more you look for sleep, the less you're going to sleep. And he says others, like love. The more I look for love, like I'm going to fall in love today. I'm going to go to a bar, meet a person, and fall in love. You will not. You will not. Because love is not something you actively search. It is something you create. It is a side effect or a consequence of. And one of the greatest paradoxes of existence is happiness. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. According to this author, right? Like, mm-hmm. let's, let's give him the responsibility of this theory because people want to get mad. So... You can't search directly for happiness. Nope. But there has been a lot of research in the field about how you obtain, obtain happiness. happiness, even without searching for it directly. But even if, when you look at that research, we're going to see that it's not that I go out and be happy. It's that I go out, do something. This something gives me happiness. Interesting. So, tell us more about this Harvard study. <laughs> okay, so there is a huge... I recommend all our listeners to see the TED Talk. It's very entertaining. It's 12 minutes. And it's the longest research that has ever been done in our field. So, 84 years, you said. Yeah, right? 1930 it started. Incredible. Incredible. And they grabbed men. At the beginning, it was just men. Men from Harvard, because it was an all-male school. And men from the neighborhood nearby, which was from a, social, a lower so SES. Right? So it was people who had less economic means. Socioeconomic status. Thank you. For the acronym. Yeah. Um, and then they follow these men. 
until they're 84 or they pass, right? So if they pass, then they can't follow them anymore, obviously, or until they reach the age of 84, which was the last um, big research into their lives. And at first it was just them, and then they started with their wives, and now they're doing it with their children. So the study is still going on, but with the children of these men. Wow. Does that make generational. sense? Generational. Yeah. yeah, it's generational. And they found out three huge things. So what did they find that people make them happy? First, let's talk about their null hypothesis. So they thought that people were going to be happy if they had money, if they had power, and if they had fame. That's what all these guys thought. If I have money and I am powerful and I'm famous, I will be happy. And it was complete opposite. None of them, money had no correlation with happiness. Fame and power had no correlation with happiness. Um, and what did have correlation with happiness was, I would term, relationships. Long-term right? fulfilling Long-term relationships, term relationships. Specifically. Yeah. And they had like three characteristics. One was a committed relationship with your family, with your extended family, and with mm-hmm. your community. So not just one person, but as many as you can. Mm-hmm. Then they talked about... Um, Relation, uh, work that creates relationships. So right. fulfilling work like ours, for example, like we create right. yeah, we create big relationships with people. People contact me from, I mean, you probably had somebody in the last few months who I saw them like five years yeah. ago and they called back still to say, hey, I'm going through something. Like that feels pretty good. Yeah. When I moved, I remember telling all my clients that I was leaving and how oh. sad people I've were. I've actually never right? even talked to you so. about that. I feel bad now that you bring that up. That must have been like a really <laughs> so it is, tough it is, thing it's, to do. Yes, yes, it was. Um, so those kinds of relationships that we do through our work. And then the last one is something you've probably heard from us a thousand times, what securely attached relationships. So this idea that if I am in pain, if I am sick, if I am lonely, if I am hurting, I can turn to someone. So I feel so validated that I have founded an entire practice based on attachment. (laughs) Hearing that that's one of the core tenets of of happiness. They even talk about, and we were talking a little bit about this before the mics were on, but it makes you healthier. Yeah, Yeah. I was asking you, so yeah, before the mics were on, I was asking Carrie to explain to me the findings that you experience physical health improvements. Yeah, they lived longer. They had healthier lives. Wild. That's yeah. insane. So secure attachment isn't just about happiness. It's about health. It's about health. You actually are healthier, which makes sense because some of our deepest wiring in our brain is designed to respond to secure bonds. Like we're mm-hmm. hyper social animals. It's wired into us. We don't do well in isolation. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at experiments where we do sensory deprivation, so you feel totally alone, you're wearing like thick gloves so you can't feel, you have headphones blind. Oh. This sounds like torture. Right, just depriving your, yeah. yourself of connection from yourself to the world, from yourself to others, and people within 24 hours, start had, you start losing yeah. it. Well, what's the biggest punishment we have? Confinement in jails. Right. Yeah. We're, like we're, not even jail, like prison, like you're in jail and you just don't have liberty. But within jails, what's the biggest punish? Punishment? Confinement. You go all alone. Yeah, you go to solitary. You go to solitary confinement, yeah. You go in the hole. Yeah, I can't imagine. That would be terrible. It would be terrible. So I couldn't handle it. And the opposite of that is is being connected, like you said, through your community, through your family, having these deep-rooted, rich friendships. So you said this was across all socioeconomic classes, yes. which is yes. very interesting to me. I'm sure there will be some people listening who go, I don't know, man. I don't I don't know if I believe in that. So I just wanted to touch I wanted sense. to touch on something quickly. I think there is a difference between the relief of stress and the obtainment of happiness. So in psychology there is a distinction between positive reinforcement, meaning giving somebody something good 
and negative reinforcement, removing something bad. bad. So negative reinforcement would be removing the pain of a headache with a Tylenol. Mm -hmm. That would be a, a negatively reinforced action. So I think the reason why they probably say money does not equate to happiness one, it relieves stress. It relieves stress. And once your stress is relieved, it's not really going to help you further. And if you look at the studies that say, okay, at this income point, happiness doesn't really change much anymore. In North America, it's about 80000 So 80000 is enough, I think, to live comfortably, go on a vacation a year. You live like an upper middle class mm. lifestyle. So beyond that, yeah, you can get a bigger boat or a better car or a better house. But your essentials are all taken care of. Your, your kids can afford to go to the dentist. I mean... Yeah. Yeah. You have it handled. So I just want to make that distinction that money does that, matter. Yeah, I, I agree. Money definitely matters. I would also say that I can understand why having a secure attachment would lead to more happiness, even in those SES mm-hmm. categories, just because if I am facing a situation where I'm not making enough money to yeah. take my kid to the dentist, it'd be completely different if I'm facing that all by myself definitely. or if I am facing it with someone. Yeah. I like to think of whenever somebody is bringing an issue to me saying, I have this emotion I don't like. Because usually that's what therapy is. I'm yeah. feeling something I'm feeling and I, awesome I, I, don't, I, don't I, don't, like. I don't like it. So there are two possibilities in my mind. Either one, your brain is doing what it's supposed to be doing and your life is not in, in alignment. Right? Your, your emotions are telling you something is wrong and mm. you're not responding, you're not changing and it's invisible to you why this is occurring. And we mm. help you to discover that. Or two, something is actually physiologically wrong with your brain. Yeah. And it's giving you emotions that are not caused by anything going on in your life. They're, it's just a malfunction. Yeah. Receptors in your brain aren't working well. There's too yeah. much of one thing, too little of another. So the first type, though, is something which can be alleviated through self-awareness and discipline. A combination of those two things. To, to bring yourself into alignment. Alignment, in this case, means that what your emotions are wired to and the circumstances in your life match up so if for example you're getting a lot of anxiety and you're working a job that you hate but that pays really well Mm. your body is telling you hey dude this is stressing you out it's causing you negative health effects you got to change something and you're you're, not and you're not and you're going to go through damage like carrie was saying if you have less stress more fulfilling relationships you live longer so i mean i have worked with people all over the spectrum i've worked with some of the wealthiest people in the entire area multi-millionaires with lives that, that are like from tv I've worked with people who That's they struggle to afford our fees all over the place. And I have found the same as the study is that the money itself isn't enough. Doesn't matter. But it's also something that people are so oriented towards. So I want to use this as an example of alignment. This is one of the most common misalignments that mm. we would see is people pursuing this, even though it doesn't contribute to their emotional well-being. Okay. This this is something where the family that you're born into and the demographics you're born your into, culture, your, your culture, where you all went of to these school, things, what they, you study, yeah, all these, these they come together and they point you in a direction. Maybe for you, you're in alignment already. Congratulations, you hit yeah. the jackpot. No, I, I, when you're talking, I thought of two things really quickly. Okay, My sure. brother is an economist and he does a lot of work in developing nations. And he told me something really funny. He's like, of all developing nations, this is countries that do not have money, unhappiness generally is very low. Like, there's a lot of unhappiness, right? There, There's a lot of unhappiness, except in certain cultures, right? So one of those cultures is the Hispanic culture. And he, the thesis of this writing is saying... Hispanics don't necessarily, um, as a cultural value, do not follow 
the Western money. ideal of money and, and power, success and, power and and buying tons of stuff. Yeah, like I was telling my wife about when you told me your your lunch, yeah. your uh, my big lunch, your big lunch, yeah. and then I'm t- talking about you know, and she's like, "Well, wait a minute, that makes sense because I've heard about siestas and they nap after." Yeah. Like I think these guys got it figured out. <laughs> it's like get together, something, something smash really, a big meal, really rough, really drink rough. a little bit, have a nap. But like, I, I I think and if we look and for example this same developing this paper he was writing and he called me because he got so excited, Aborigines for example yeah. their index their index of happiness is really high too. That surprises me because Aboriginal stone cultures, right? So we're talking about uh, the people okay. in the jungle. Okay. We're talking about people, um, yeah, in the mountains that don't like don't even speak so Spanish or English from, or any right, of these like right. major languages. Um, also, maybe I should say this: the study was only in the Americas, so it was Canada, right. U.S., and South America, Central and South America, so all the Americas. Okay. Um, so I thought that was really interesting, it just is. just yeah. because you do get trapped in this vision of trying to make money to be secure mm-hmm. and find safety and therefore happiness. And yeah. then you're like, what? Well, these they misalignments happen because it's what we're told to align ourselves towards. Mm. It's like, you should live your life in a way that allows you to maximize money, status, achievement, whatever it is. Yeah. I have a, a client who is a, a psychologist, a, a mm-hmm. very brilliant person I, f- yeah. I find my sessions with them intimidating at times because I know how much they know and how sharp they are and I feel like I have to be on my best A game to make sure I don't make any don't errors, miss anything don't miss anything oh yeah receives all kinds of awards and scholarships and bursaries and um, so they were telling me about a time in which they achieved I can't name the achievement obviously to protect their confidentiality mm-hmm. but it's a very prestigious achievement yeah. and they received this achievement and they told me that afterwards they did not feel really much of anything. They actually resulted in in tears. And this person was saying they had tears that other people around them were like, oh my God, you must be so happy. And they mistook them for tears of joy. And this client was telling me, it was that I I thought this was my Everest. This was my, I get this. And I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be so happy. And they were like, but I wasn't. And that, scared me and yeah. made me feel very anxious and I cried out of sorrow that I have spent so much doing this doing this <gasps> I know and so I, I mean my heart broke for them in the yeah. session it must be such a terrible feeling but that's because we are set off from a very young age mm. towards this pathway and so when I'm talking about aligning yourself and having self-awareness and discipline it's about doing a life inventory and you'll see this concept of a life inventory mm. or a life assessment mm. or all these similar terms yeah, in different types of therapy or coaching or, mm. or whatever. But the gist is always the same. It's think about what do you really value? What do you love? Mm. How do you get more of that in your life? What would your ideal life look like? So I did this when I was 21. And I have a, a picture of, of myself doing this exercise. And it was so big that it took up a whole wall behind oh, wow. where I put, this is where I want to be in 10 years. Here's five years. Here's you know six months, three months, and then tomorrow. And I had my goals tied all the way down until I had little steps that I could take hmm. that day. And if you follow them, it, it led to like this podcast. Oh, right. cool! You can, you can Good see job, twenty-one-year-old Ryan. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was like, cool. Thanks, thank young you. Me. Yeah, yeah. So for some people, this will look like you know I want to work four hours a day and make you know a million dollars a year and there'll be all these huge things so if you look at my original picture i had stuff like that it's like i don't want to work at all i want to just make a bunch of money and if you look at the time i mean i was very poor i was living in a in a very like small apartment in a bad area of edmonton and it 
that's what I thought would bring me happiness. So I have diverged quite a bit. I hmm. now realize I really enjoy working and I couldn't not work. Like if yeah, I didn't I work, I, w- I would not be happy. Hmm. So that changed. And there's other things that can change. So it's okay if you start and if you want to just put out there whatever, hmm. no matter how crazy it seems, put it out there and, and work backwards. See what's And I realistic. would suggest even if you put it out there, then think why does this make me happy, right? Yeah, that's a good one. Why does this make me happy? So the second exercise is a little bit different. And this is one that really had a big impact on my life is you journal what you spend your time doing for two, three days. I've spent four hours watching TV. I've spent uh, two hours with my kids. I've spent 16 hours at work, whatever, Whatever. whatever it is. And then you'll find whatever you spend the most time doing that's what your top priority is at that time. Hmm. I have there's another exercise. I've done the exact same thing that they do a lot of in acceptance and commitment therapy. Oh yeah, ACT is good. Yeah, and they do a triangle and the first time you do a triangle and you just say, "Okay, what do you spend your time on?" And the long one is the the biggest you put your time in and so forth. Okay. Then they say, "Turn around the triangle, draw it again, and then say your values and priorities." Oh yeah, it's the exact same thing that I'm after. And then you you yeah. flip them and you're like, "Oh shit." <laughs> <laughs> Right, because yeah. mine was always in the top of my family, and then I'm like, I spend most of my time at work. Yeah, right. mine, mine was like um, the typical stuff. Again, I was I was raised to believe mm-hmm. like family, friends, and yeah. relationships. And then, you know, when I looked at it, I spent my most time at work, second most time <laughs> playing video games, my third most time at school, and like it was all yeah. out of what my relationship was like six. No, but there's a I I did this with someone that was I think in a very like there were. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say come as sort of like a nun. Like they had committed themselves oh, wow. okay. to like the convent. Catholic faith. Yeah. Um, and when she did it, she had all these things and we turned it around. And on top of the top had to be, you know, God. God, and of course. God wasn't even in the time she spent. That Because she was so busy doing community service and fixing things and working and then investing the money and doing outreach to the youth and stuff like that. But she was doing it more like tasks. Right. She wasn't pursuing. She it from wasn't the, the pursuing it with the intention. Uh huh. Connection with. So God, that was really right? interesting, right? Because huh. and and one of the questions they said, "Do you do this with this value in mind?" Because you could say, "I work for my family," but to be honest, uh, I wasn't working for on. my. I was I was working. You know, I want to I want to side by that real quick. Um, one of the most common couples' arguments with entrepreneurs or or people in high powered positions. This is all for you guys. I do this all for you. How dare you? And they're going. I don't want Care. this. Are yeah. you not? And then you have to really turn to the person and go, look, your spouse is saying, I don't want this, but you still claim they want it and they don't even know it. So you're so convinced that this is something that's universally desired by everybody that you can't even hear somebody point blank telling you I'm in pain because you won't stop. Yeah. So this is something when we're talking about you get set off in this direction and you're aligned. We're not just talking kind of you're sent down a path whimsically. No. We're talking for some people they're boxed into a tunnel. Yeah. And they're sent, tunnel vision. Yeah, it totally is tunnel vision. And you mm. can't see past it. Travel is great because like you said, in different cultures. There's different things. When I first went, I was like, I think 10 or 9, nine when, when, when I went to Costa Rica. Nine. Wow. <laughs> You'd be a very good therapist remembering <laughs> details like that. I like stories. So it was definitely a change because people were kind of working as they pleased. It's, that was my perception, at least, as a young Canadian boy, this was that... We're happy, but things are Things take... Their, and, and I mean, when I went to uh, Cayman recently, I was in Grand Cayman, and they all have this joke about island Cayman time. Cayman time. Yeah, oh, Cayman time. Yeah. 
and I mean, I've worked with couples who are African, like born in Africa and, and came mm-hmm. to Canada. Like immigrated. Yeah. And they joke about it's it's African time. Yeah. It's and it's like a yeah. thing in these different cultures that we get to it when we get to it. And we'll show up Life for a meeting is, half an hour late and no one cares. Right. And if you show up on time at a party, bad, you're gonna bad, be the first yeah. one there. No, and it's like bad manners. Yeah. At least I'm in Peru, like, if you go exactly when I told you, I'm like, what's going on? Like what what are you doing? Here? We were talking about this movie called Into the Wild at the beginning, right? And how he shares at the end of the movie. I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but it says, happiness only matters when you can share it. And I think that's what the Harvard study really is about. Like, if no matter how much money you have in the bank, if you don't have anyone to share it with, anyone to spend it with, if you have all these hobbies and all of these great, you know, like competencies, if you have no one to share it with. Yeah, that makes sense. Right? I think that's just it speaks to how deeply we're wired for connection. For we have never survived in solitude no. throughout all of human history. So go back all the way to pre-human when we like half uh, monkey, half human. Yeah, I, I would <laughs> I would say we're not even at that point. The, the word human wouldn't even really apply. Mm. But let's say to our genealogical ancestors, mm. they weren't alone. Nowhere nope. in this whole tree have we ever, we've always, always been, been in, in community. Always. So it's something that is so, I think even Sue Johnson, which is it, homo vinculum? Yes. One who connects. The one who connects. Yeah. So that's, that's, it's so important. It's ingrained in us, right? And often I think, at least coming from a couples therapist attachment point of view, one of the most common problems, if not the most common problems, is people's other priorities interfere with their ability to, to have form relationships. relationships. So all we're doing is moving crap out of the way. So, so that you people can, adjust. can form and connect with, with others in their life yeah. who matter to them. And that will make you happy and healthy. So consider this. When you do those two exercises, these are the things that will set you on the path towards happiness. Hmm. Do your exercise. Visualize what would you do in your life if mm-hmm. you had no limitations. You could, almost like a video game, you could just Magic. choose and, yeah. and magically create this character. It's another good ACT question. The What's miracle that? question. If I had a magic wand and all your problems could go away, what would your life look the next day? You know, that's another good one to extend on that is, uh, did you rhyme there? No, yeah, I did. And I didn't realize, it took me like a second. (laughs) The poet and you didn't know it, right? Yeah. Yeah. There was somebody who who did an exercise with me years and years. I must have been 19 or 20. And um, they were like, okay, so what's your most pressing problem? And I told them, like, if that was gone, what would be your next most, what would stop you from being happy? And we kind of kept doing this. Until? Until, like, at what point? Do you go, okay, well, now I'm happy. And the tricky thing is, this is something common with high achievers that come in and say, I'm just, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing in my life, man. I feel like I've achieved everything because they're so wired that achievement is is success. And they're so driven that they achieve all of their lists by the time they're like 35, 40. And they come in and like, yeah, I have family house, kids, cars, vacation house, blah, blah, blah. Got everything on my checklist. I don't feel internally satisfied. Like, why is this? This is not what I was told. Yeah. This isn't how... It's this true. Is, We've I'm supposed gypped. to feel happy. We've been gypped. Like in therapy, I've been very inspired by some of the clients oh, yeah, who too. I meet are way outside of my circle in terms me of too, what they're too. capable of and their achievements too, and their too. net worth and all that stuff. Um, and that just shows you when you look at these people and I think back to the clients who are like that and what common traits that they have. Lacking. That they looked at themselves and did this type of exercise and consciously went down a path. And every single day, that's their goal. When hmm. they wake up, what am I doing with my day today? This. Whatever I got to do, whatever my next step is to get myself more in alignment. And you keep doing that and keep doing that and you get more successful. And, and, more and then happy. the result of that is happiness. Is happiness, right. The right. result. 
the latest episode, if you want to hear more about this concept, the latest episode of Joe Rogan's podcast, uh, Kevin Hart, the actor and comedian, Mm -hmm. was on as a guest. And he actually talks about this. He says, life has a game-like quality to Mm. it where you can level up and you can unlock new areas and you can unlock new items and new stuff and new feelings. And you can upgrade your character. He's like, when you think of it that way and think, if I was playing my life as a a video game, would I just like kind of get up and and go do the same shit every day? Probably not. You'd probably take some risks. You'd explore, you'd do stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think that security is so emphasized, we often lose touch with that. And so one thing you'll find with people when they do the priority exercise is there's thematically security. The the things they spend the most time on are the things that bring stability to the life, even if it's at the cost of happiness. People would rather be secure. Well, I think because we have this like loop where it says, if I'm safe, if I'm secure, I am happy. The more like personally, I, I, I don't. I'm sure many yeah, people do. But but a lot of people like if I am safe because I have a lot of money because yeah. I have a good job well, and I'll be happy. I live in a perpetual state of not that. <laughs> it's not about my preferences or Carrie's preferences. Yeah. It's it's about each individual person and the kind of custom settings that work best for them. And you got to figure that out on your own and then do the work to get there. Why? Why exactly? So those are the exercises. The We'll put a link to the study on the, on the, uh, Harvard. the Harvard study on the, the show notes at ryananswers.com slash podcast. Uh, I think I'm going to dig for that picture from when I was like 20 and I have the <laughs> wall of like how I'm going to get when I'm 30. And you can 32. put it on there to see people. Sh- and I'll put it on there so people can see I'm, I'm, you see, I have lots of hair. You know, it's not a fake picture. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> I really did this. I did it for real. It works. Um, anything else you want to add in closing? No, just to remember that. All this study, all these years of research, what have they shown us? That are relationships. So along with these three, along with these two exercises, maybe just do a checkup on your relationships. Yeah. Like a thermometer reading. So you're talking to, who you're connecting to. Who you're connecting to, what the quality of that relationship is like, what would you like it to be like, right? So if you like our episodes, you find them helpful, please subscribe and rate us uh, so you don't miss another episode. Um, For the people who are watching on YouTube and are listening, uh, we'll be back next Thursday. All right. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See you soon. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.